Super Sport Performance. MG Pilot Smart Speed Assist. 10.1 inch touchscreen. Custom ambient lighting. At 35,490 fully equipped and seven year warranty. This is value you've never seen before. The all-new MG HS, the SUV you've never seen before. This week, Gibbo goes one-on-one driven by MG by a fellow Tasmanian, which I'm super excited about. An Oz Junior basketball stud as he's repping the Tassie hoodie right now. I love it. A former Adelaide Crow and now a Gold Coast uh, son. Hugh Greenwood, thanks for joining me. Gibbo, you missed Perth Wildcat too, mate, but appreciate it. Well, I'll get to that later, but it was so brief. I didn't want to bring that up. Mate, I know you just finished your season with the Suns, and I'll talk a bit more about them later. But how's the hub life been? We've just been talking about isolation or whatever, but how's it been for a player um, being stuck in isolation in the hub uh, playing football? Yeah, it's been, thankfully, um, living on the Goldie, we haven't been probably exposed to the hub life as extreme as some of the Victorian clubs. Obviously, they've been here in hotels for quite a while, but um, it's been sort of normal living at home but other than that it hasn't been I guess we've been only been able to go to training uh the supermarket and the chemist and that's pretty much it so um we're allowed out and into the social world the last couple of days it still feels like we're gonna get in trouble especially when there was 50 grand 100 grand on the line um for the soft cap the following year but um we I guess it got to a point where the players were willing and able to do anything to keep the season alive and that's what we've done and um there's worse places to be hubbed I guess um, <laughs> here in Queensland I can't talk too much probably for you guys in Victoria it's a lot tougher for you guys down there but um, our season's finished and it's looking that we'll get the season done up here in the next couple of weeks and um, hopefully things can return to normal but for us it hasn't been too bad for, but for the guys in the hotel it seems like it's getting getting pretty old pretty quick so like you said I'm assuming for the Melbourne teams that have legit had to leave home and been in hotels it's been a lot harder but I'm assuming for you, which is an AFL rule, I think that you can't do anything. Like, otherwise, if you're a Queenslander right now, you can go, go about and live your normal life, right? But because you play AFL, you're restricted to those rules. Yeah, so that was hard. Like, um, Queensland, thankfully, has been pretty good for since sort of COVID kicked off. There was only really a, a month or two when I think we weren't allowed to really sit down. You could go to the beach. You could still go places, but it was sort of tight, but not really. And that was only for a short period of time. So... Um, people have been going about their normal lives up here and especially for, for partners, it was probably tough because um, they sort of had to follow the same guidelines as us. So um, they've been able to do as much, even though they're not training, they're not playing, they're not doing anything. So if they got sick or if they, they're almost guilty by association. So it was tough for them. Um, but yeah, like we said, it's been not too bad up here and um, a lot worse where, where you guys are, clearly. I'll get to your season there and whatnot later, but I love that you were in your hoodie. Proud Tasmanian, always <laughs> representing, and I'll get to the new Tassie team later as well, but you know, how good was it growing up in Tassie? Um, I'm assuming you played multiple sports, obviously AFL and basketball, two of the main ones, but um, to represent Tassie at nationals, how fun was that playing with a lot of your mates, I'm assuming that you grew up with, and just going out and, and playing for your state? Yeah, mate, yeah, as, as you know, well, the best has you to ever do it, you are. Um, just <laughs> just so lucky being given opportunities, as you know, from a bottom age. Like, obviously, coming from these bigger states, you might not have got opportunities as an underage kid. So to go to under-16 nationals with Donna, of course, one of your coaches all time, um, it just gave us more opportunities to, to play at that level and more exposure. And um, it's just fun, man. You know what Tazzy's like, just going in as underdogs every every game and having a real crack at it. And, um, 
continuing to, to have those relationships with guys that I played with under 14, 16s, 18s, 20s. Um, a lot of them actually went on to play footy themselves. Um, but yeah, it was. It's just anyone that's from Tassie. It's a sort of it's, it's a proud thing, and you build these bonds with these these people for for a long time. So, and obviously, when you go back to Tassie, you, you still know everyone in the basketball communities. You still got those networks and those connections. So, um, I'm looking forward to to seeing what an NBL club can do because I think it'll really build and bring the entire state community together. Obviously, there's the rivalries between the north and the south and the northwest. <laughs> um, northwest, not so much, more north south. <laughs> but um, it'll be fun to be able to bring them all together, and I think this this club will, will certainly do that by the sounds of things. No question. Um, from from Tassie, um, state teams or whatever, that obviously led to the AAS. Now, were you there for four years? Yeah, yeah, did the four years. Yeah, with your so typically, typically athletes are there for two, sometimes three. Like, well, you know why? Did you go at a younger age? Um, you just want to stay a little bit longer? Uh, tell me through why you wanted to stay or why you were there for four years. Um, it was, I guess it was two reasons. Obviously, with the, the pros and cons, obviously with the pros with, with, with Tassie basketball, you get more opportunities at an earlier age. But at the same time, the, I guess the competition... Um, isn't as strong as there are in other states. So at an earlier age, to be able to get out and, and test myself. And I guess I saw that too, bring us together with some older guys. I was two years younger than the next youngest guy when I arrived. So I was there with yeah. sort of Delhi, Rowdy, Brock Modem, Cam Besto, sort of that age, Mitch Young, those guys. Um, so that was the reason to sort of get me out of Tassie and, and up against some of the best in the country. And at the same time, I was obviously playing footy um, and they were pretty keen to get me on an AOS scholarship to go play footy. So... Um, basketball thought that offer at first and I'd take it and sure enough I did and haven't looked back since. I know for me going from Tassie, like you said, the competition, I mean, I was obviously a lot older than you, but the competition obviously wasn't quite at the standard, really not even close to the standard when you get the AS. I remember getting there and it was a massive eye-opener. Like mm. training for one day, I was gassed. I couldn't get through a session. Like it was just <laughs> a new world. Like I'm, I'm assuming it was similar for you. Like just... Going overseas, like not overseas, interstate and playing against the best in the country, like it was just a real eye-opener for me. I'm assuming it's a lot better in Tassie now, like the, the processes and how they train. But I know for me as a junior, like going there for the first time was a massive deal. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to follow a similar pathway to you guys, you and you and Sam and, and Maddie as well. Um, so you go from this, this big fish in a little pond and then you get it, it's a real eye-opener when you get to the Institute and these guys are playing at a really high level. So I was, I was certainly, you know, in my head for, for a little while. Um, but obviously, another Tasmanian, Marty, really took Marty Clark, took me under his wing and um, helped me a lot during that time. And Rushy was there as well for a little while. So it was funny, those, that, those Tasmanian connections at that level, which was cool. So they really helped me out. Um, I had Dwayne Radcliffe, who was another Tasmanian, who was there when I was there too. So um, these guys just sort of took me under their wing. I was just a little, little young and, um, at the time. But as you said, it's just like you just go from been the big dog on campus to a real sort of uh, eye-opener and reality check for quite a while. So, But it was fun and, and it ended up fast-tracking my development. And, um, got to go to a couple of junior world champs and um, play for the Boomers as well eventually uh, before making the switch to footy. But um, I think leaving at an earlier age um, certainly helped my development. But as you, as, as you mentioned, Tassie basketball has taken off. There's guys in college systems all over, all over America and playing in the NBL and playing overseas. So it's, it's pretty cool to see a small place, um, but players producing in, at high levels across the world. It must be pretty special now looking back. Uh, I think your mum went to the AS as well. I've seen a picture of her and I've seen you on your Instagram of like a picture yeah. of her a little team photo shoot. Like to, to go to the AS and follow, I guess, in your mum's foot, footsteps a little bit as well. That must have been pretty special. Yeah, I think it was the, at the time we were the first, like first and second generation athletes to go through the AS. She was there the first year that it opened um, and then whatever, 
20 odd years or 15 years later, I guess, um, I came along and, um, and, uh, and played. So it was, it was cool. It was a lot different back then. They used to live in like dorm rooms on campus. I think she only lasted a year. She, um, she got out of school and was working at the supermarket. So times have changed. I think they used to train at the old gymnastics hall. There wasn't a basketball center. Pat Hunt was still there. That's something, some, some things that never changed. Big Pat was still running around. He was the head coach. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And yeah, it's, it's special that we're able to share that, that sort of, that, uh, thing together. It's obviously been, you know, well documented. I think Narrowly Meadows has done an unbelievable story with you and your family mm. and around your mum who obviously tragically passed away with breast cancer. Um, you've obviously done a lot of work around awareness for that and ambassador. Um, you know, how much obviously your mum means, meant the world to you and, and whatever, but it must be pretty special to know that like what you've been able to achieve and raise awareness in all the pink days. I think you had a pink, pink boots day or whatever in Adelaide mm. and stuff to, to be able to raise awareness for your mum and, and I guess honour her legacy a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the hair's actually getting long again. I don't think it was this long before I shaved it the last time around. But um, yeah, uh, it's sort of kicked off in the States. Um, well, actually, mum got sick when I was two years into the Institute uh, and I was pretty much close to, I might have been four years into the Institute and I was close to making the call about um, going overseas um, to go to America. Uh, but she was like, you got to go. Like, it's been your dream for a long time. So... Um, where I can, I've been able to raise awareness because, as you know, it's it's um, it's not just her; it's it's such a common illness and with with no cure and um, yeah. not still resources, but still I reckon we can do better. So just being being able to have that conversation, um, reach out to people who've been through similar experiences, and Mum obviously did a lot on her and as well. So trying to promote her work when when she was here. So um, I owe a lot to her from my bar from a basketball perspective and a life perspective. She was um, my my coach in under ten, so she taught me all the all the stuff before she handed me on to Donna Mitchell and uh, then on to the IS. So, um, yeah, it's something that I'll continue to do with the, with the boots and stuff. We obviously didn't get an opportunity to do the, um, the round this year with all the COVID stuff, but I'm um, hoping next year that we can um, do a little bit more. And because as, as we know that the breast cancer fight is, is ongoing and um, we'll continue to, to do all we can to raise awareness for it. I thought it was cool. Obviously, that story you did with Nerily, it wasn't about making it a sob story and you said this yourself. It was more about inspiring and empowering people to try and help and, and raise that awareness. Yeah, that's how she lived her life. She, um, there, was, there was certainly no one would have blamed her for curling up in a ball and crying poor me, but um, she knew with the time that she had, she wanted to try and make a difference. So um, uh, she uh, had her own fundraiser, the Seconds Count, and it still goes in, in Tassie, the Seconds Count Gala Ball. Um, so she, obviously once she got breast cancer, she was um, in remission for a couple of years and then it came back. So it became secondary breast cancer, which is incurable. So she found that there was resources when you initially got breast cancer, but when it came back, the sort of the hope and the resources sort of dropped away, sort of, I guess, in the back of people's mind, knowing that it's incurable and there was, um, there were nothing was going to save her. So, um, she, yeah, but that she didn't stop her from, um, getting out there and, living the dream following us all around the world and um, she had the bucket list obviously that she tried to tick as many things off as she could so um, I think the way that she lived her life is um, infectious to anyone that knew her and that's how I try and operate and uh, that's what I try to get that message in that interview is yeah it's it's a sad story but she was able to accomplish a lot and hopefully it'll inspire other people going through a similar um, experience. That's awesome it's unreal. Speaking of accomplishing a lot, mate, you as a junior in the Aussie team, you, you've, you've represented a few teams. I live with Mitch Creek. He's tells me about the Albert <laughs> He's not there, is he? Is he there? He should be, shouldn't nah, he? Or is he he's, our exercise? 
he's getting his two hours in. Yeah, <laughs> he's out of jail for a couple of hours. <laughs> but um, he went to Albert Schweitz. I went to Albert Schweitz. Unbelievable tournament. But talk to me about beating Germany in Germany. I think he said it was in like an army barracks or something. Like, what was that experience like? Maybe it's not. Yeah, it was, maybe you juiced out that story. But beat, beating Germany in Germany. Nah, it was it was wild. It's probably the best. I reckon that's probably probably the best win that I've probably ever been a part of. I reckon not the fun. Like we beat we beat the US. So yeah, we were in Germany. It was a US um, army base, and they they held, they held the competition. So um, they basically was the unofficial worlds, as you know. Like it was sort of the unofficial world championships before the world championships. So we beat the US. Um, in the semi and then that took us to playing Germany in Germany in the final and we ended up smoking them and mate, it, was, it was wild and uh, yeah it was good I think Creaky was MVP um, a couple of us were in the All-Star 5 like it was it was legit crowd was pumping like it was yeah, it was probably the best um, tournament best win I've been a part of and the best night afterwards too I reckon that might be why he brought it up because he was MVP he didn't tell me that he yeah, told me yeah. he told me you're in the All-Star 5 he said you had a big dunk against uh, USA I think in the game before um but he, he didn't tell me he was the MVP, so that's maybe he why knew, he, he knew that it would end up rolling back towards that. He knew that if I, yeah, um, set the you're line, also yeah. part of the you're also a part of the Uni Games team. Like, how, how much fun was that? Um, obviously, you guys didn't win or anything, but um, just being a part of the Uni Games team. Yeah, that was sick. That was that was the last time that I laced him up for, for basketball. Pretty much from there, I ended up going back to Australia, getting to Perth for a little bit, and then heading to footy. But that was cool. Like, that experience was like a mini Olympics. Obviously, never got the opportunity to, to head to the Olympics. Um, but that was sort of a, a miniature one, I suppose, on a miniature scale. So we had the the, uh, the village and the dining hall and the all the different sports and all the different countries. So that was a pretty cool experience, um, again, with the Creek Dog as well. So and a lot of guys ended up going off and, and playing NBL. And it was sort of a stepping stone towards the Boomers. I know the, the group before that had like Bearstow and Rowdy and, and, got, and Brock that really sort of put their name on the map from a um, national team perspective and then um, slingshot onto the Boomer squad. So um, it was a really cool experience and pretty good, pretty good way to finish, I suppose. It was, it was a fun tournament. Now you went to uh, New Mexico. Um, how much fun was going to college? Obviously, you've gone from Tassie to the AS. Big step for you know, young kids coming out of Tassie that probably haven't yeah. seen too much of the world. And then you know, going from there to, to college, like how much fun was, was being a Lobo? Yeah, college was fun. Probably too much fun at times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. Like I met, I've got lifelong friends. I've got met Kirsten there, and now I've got a little one, and um, got friendships, relationships all across the country there. But um, no, it was it was epic. We had a, like our team was good too. We we're top twenty five for three out of four years. We played in Vegas three times a year in front of our our our, our arena, the pit um, held fifteen, sixteen and started every night. Um, so Luke Longley was the first Aussie to to go there and sort of put it on the map, and then. Um, Ryan Kirsten was there for a little while and then obviously Bairstow was there and ended up playing in the pros so the Aussies that have gone there have um, had a lot of fun and had a lot of success so um, it was yeah it was the best four years of my life it was pretty pretty epic I've been told by a past teammate of both of ours um, that <laughs> you had a, a nickname of Lost Boy the AAS um, <laughs> and, you, and you and Bairstow are kind of on your own wavelength now I've played with Bear uh, with the Brisbane Bullets and whatever and with the Aussie team and just on his own time zone like he'll be at dinner when he wants to be at dinner he'll take his own time he'll do right i understand you're in this similar kind of category and maybe that's why you're great teammates in new mexico i can't be grouped into the same sentence as the bad man i can't he's he's like on a he's on a way different planet so the lost boy was it youngie or delhi who was it was it young no, it was, was kadee oh 
fucking day, of course. Don't even get me started on Kadeem. Uh, nah, well, when I, went to the, when I first got to the AIS, like, I was so young. Like, I had the attention span of a goldfish. So, it's just like, <laughs> like, we'd be having a team meeting and, like, Marty would be talking. I'd just be, like, just off. Like, in my own, own, own planet, and then Marty would be like, what do you reckon of this? And I'd just be like, wasn't, wasn't listening. So, that's where the lost boy, that's where the lost boy. For Cam, I can't, I don't even, anyone that knows Cam knows Cam's Cam. <laughs> And it works. It works for him. So even at college, the same thing. We're just like, he's the weirdest cat um, that turned around and played in the NBA. So, um, yeah, we, were, we got along really well, Cam and I. We, we was sort of a, the odd one out for a while at the AOS. So um, we sort of got together, I guess. And, um, yeah, he ended up playing in the NBA, which is pretty cool. But Kadee, tell you what. I'll tell you what, Kadee, he came down to the Goldie the other week and slept in instead of having coffee with me. So... There's a whack on him. He'd rather, he'd rather, yeah, I don't know what he did the night before, but he slept in and didn't bother catching up for coffee. So there's a knock on Kadeh. Very disappointing. I <laughs> guess I, I agree. He is the most unique person. He doesn't seem all that outspoken, but when you actually sit with him and talk with him, like he's one of the smartest guys I reckon I've ever met. Like he knows something about everything. Like mm-hmm. super smart, awesome. He's back in the NBL. Um, talk to me about, so I read, uh, I can't think who the, the coach was. I think it was an NBA coach, but the ramp to the pit and the Coliseum at uh, New Mexico. Apparently, it's like oh, it was a Steve. It was a Steve Kerr, wasn't it? Or I might have been Steve. That? Steve. Kerr. Yeah, I think he played a game in there. It wasn't. It was sometime this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Did he? Um, he mentioned that. Yeah. So the pit's like thirty. It's thirty feet underground. I'll go American. Thirty feet underground. Um, so basically, you walk in at ground level, and then it just this that just shoots down. So um, the noise just gets trapped in there and. Um, like it's there's been times where like the backboard's shaking because of the noise and it's like I guess the decibels or whatever it records it's like sitting next to a whatever jumbo plane on the on a tarmac like it's equivalent to that so it's it used to rock it used to pump so it's the team um, hasn't been as strong the last couple of years but they're supposedly turning around or they are turning around so it should be starting to rock again but if you ever get a chance to head to the pit it's a place to go and your sister also went to New Mexico. Was that planned? Uh, how did that all kind of work out to have her kind of go to New Mexico as well? That must have been pretty cool to have, you know, both of you at the one college. Yeah, it was. We were moving away from home when I was 15 um, to go to the area. She was only 13. We were sort of that age where we clashed. So we were away from one another for a while. Um, then when mum got sick, we got closer. So then when they came over to visit when I was in the States, the, the women's coach had scholarship. Um, available and they offered one to her so she was pretty handy in her own right represented Tassie obviously um, at a decent level never went to any Oz camps but uh, was in part of the TIS and um, yeah went over there four years played some good basketball um, got her degree she came, uh, came home a year early when mum um, started to sort of go downhill but uh, it was pretty cool to, to share that experience with her and I've certainly made the parents a bit more um, they were more comfortable having the two of us in the one place, but they got pretty homesick. They were pretty lonely at times back in Tassie without us, but they knew we were, we were, we were having fun. And you said you met your wife. Um, you've now had a little boy, Titus, but it's amazing what college will do. You know, you go over there, you play ball, have a lot of fun, but then you meet, you know, your, your future wife and, and have a kid. Like, that must have been pretty cool. And now to have her back here in Australia, um, you know, how she loving Australia and missing home, I'm assuming, as well. Yeah, yeah, she um she told she uh she got me back in line when I finished college. So um we've been here, we were in Perth for only a little while and um I told her I was gonna go play Aussie rules and she was like, What's Aussie rules? <laughs> <laughs> so she um she followed me to Australia and then she followed me to, to Adelaide to play footy. So um obviously I owe a lot to her and now we got little Titus too. So yeah, I was very fortunate to to have a lot of fun and 
and meet Kirsten along the way. And now we're enjoying life on the Gold Coast. Like there's, there's not probably better places to be. But a lot's going on in the States. As you know, it's probably not a great place to be at the moment. So normally we'd be heading back in the off-season to, to hang out over there. But she's in, a, she's in a world of hurt the US at the moment. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be letting her or Titus go back there anytime soon, which sucks. But um, hopefully in a couple of years, things sort of go back to normal. But um, she's pretty content here on the Gold Coast for the time being. Now, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what everyone wants to hear about. You, you <laughs> finished college. Uh, you signed with the Perth Wildcats, one of the most successful clubs probably in the world, the streak of finals, whatever. You signed there and, and kind of what happened from there? Like, obviously, um, you know, football came around, but, um, you know, tell me through the, the decision to leave, I guess, basketball, which you've been mm-hmm. playing for the last however many years, and to go to football and, and leave the Wildcats. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, the reason... I picked the Wildcats was for the reasons that you mentioned, the success that they have, the the group that they had. They're obviously a group that have been together for a long time and had done a lot of boomer stuff with those guys. Um, Perth Arena was the real deal. Um, and obviously we had we had some friends and family in Perth. So um, it ticked all the boxes in relationship with Nelly as well. Matty Nielsen was, was a big driver for me to go there. Um, so after a month, so I basically played the uni games um, and then I think qualifiers were that year. And Olympics would have been the following year, I reckon. Um, So there was a couple of injuries. I think, who got hurt? Dante might have done his knee that year. And then um, Damo might have done his calf. So there's a bit of a hole at sort of guard, at the guard spot. But never got an invite to the camp. And I probably knew deep down that I probably wasn't good. I wasn't probably going to make the squad the fault or make the team next year. But I thought at least... I deserved a chance to at least go to the camp because I sort of built up with the Boomers for many years. But um, yeah. that didn't work itself out. And back in the mind, not knowing that I probably wasn't going to make the Olympic team the following year. And um, the once I moved back to Australia, the, the AFL club started knocking on the door. Um, once they saw that I didn't make the Boomers, they were like, well, do you want to come play footy? And I thought, yeah, I thought, why not? Um, I, hopefully I can return to, to basketball if footy doesn't work out. Um, but thankfully, I haven't had to quite do that just yet. Footy's been pretty good to me. So I guess, yeah, it was a combination of things, knowing that I probably wasn't progressing or improving in basketball and those sort of dreams and goals were getting further and further. Obviously, you can get picked up in the NBA. Probably wasn't going to make the Olympics. And those were the two things that were written on the whiteboard from the moment I picked up a basketball. So um, the next goal, I guess, was to play at the highest level somewhere else. And at this time, it was footy. And... So that was my new goal. And thankfully enough, I've been able to play whatever amount of games at the highest level here at AFL. So I'm pretty pretty blessed to be in the situation that I'm in. No question. I mean, that must have been hard to give up basketball, something you've loved and obviously you had dreams and whatever. But um, at the time, I'm assuming it was a pretty tough decision and, and something kind of hard to deal with um, at, at that time. Yeah, just the oh, probably more in the timing. Like, as I've been... We joke about it now, but it wasn't a funny at the time. Only being there a month or whatever it was, yeah. like it's pretty. And the way I handled it, I, yeah, I was pretty young coming out of college. Everything handed to me on a platter, like pretty spoiled. So, um, hopefully, I feel like I've grown up a lot since since then. And um, there's obviously relationships I'm still trying to, to patch up. But yeah, just the, the timing and the way I handled it, um, and the aftermath of it, of course, was was probably what disappoints me the most. Thankfully, they ended up going off to win two in a row or three in a row, whatever it was. So, like, it wasn't the end of the world for, for them. But just, yeah, just the way I, I handled it, I didn't, I didn't like. But um, thankfully enough, they in the end, they were actually quite understanding. Like, they thankfully, they 
didn't make it too. Like they obviously were disappointed and expressed the disappointment, but they were not going to hold me back or make me stay around when I didn't want to be there. So, um, and the, the guys have been good. Like they, when I go to Perth, they're always, you know, itching to catch up or they've followed me along my footy journey. So um, it's a credit to them. Obviously they're, they're a club that have, that know what they're doing. So yeah, but yeah, the way I handled it still gives me chills. Yeah, like you said, a young kid, but at the end of the day, you got to do what's right for yourself, right? So mm, yeah. you go to the Crows. I'm assuming Hamish Ogilvie was one guess, that yeah. got you to uh, to the Crows. He was uh, my footy coach back in Tassie. I was going to say, he probably, he probably even tried to get you along or what? He Did tried me early this? days. And, <laughs> I mean, he had me on the state state footy team back in under 16s That's in Tassie. I was super close to going to football, but it just so happened that Marty offered the scholarship to the AIS because that was like decision time, basketball yeah. or football. And, and basketball came knocking. So, if what Marty hadn't have offered that, I would have tried my hand at football. But exactly. Haggis, Haggis is a man for for all that, and he's done, I'm assuming, wonderful things in Tassie. But talk me through your first preseason going from basketball, which you'd probably run what three k's in a game, maybe four, to yeah. AFL preseason and adjusting to that lifestyle. Yeah, I've said, I've I've told the story before, but I just I just come straight from Perth. I'd won the yo yo, like feeling like. I'd just done all the NBA prep. Like, I'd lived in Vegas for three months, doing two days, three days. I'd gone to uni games, and then I'd gone to Perth's preseason. So I was like, peak fitness. And then I'd gone along to to Adelaide and rocked up to the two K, which is the fitness test. And I've come like dead last, like by a mile, like dead last by a mile. And I was still working on it, but like, it was just like a like a shock. I was like, this is just a complete different beast. And pre-seasons we're doing like 13 14k sessions like it was just yeah, it was just the distance and the ground that you've got to cover I was playing as a forward so I wasn't even playing midfield at the time so I wasn't even having to do as much running as the mids so um there was a real uh yeah it was a real eye-opener and having not watched footy for, for a long time um sort of followed it but not really uh, like sort of watched it on tv but not really followed it closely back when I was playing it was just like who was the biggest and strongest and if you're a forward you never left the Ford 50 which was great <laughs> But I just didn't like. I just didn't know that that the, how much the game had changed. So I just was like, I got to put on a bunch of weight, and it just, that made it even worse because I got even slower. Yeah. So I basically wasted the first. I wasted my first preseason, get taking the weight off and getting to the point where I should have been at the start. And then that first year, it took me ages to sort of get the hang of it because I was still catching up. But um, yeah, I've done four or five preseasons now, and I don't know how much easier it's getting. But at least the games are getting easier. Well, in four, four or five years, you've come an unbelievably long way for someone that has been playing bo- uh, football for such a long time. Mm. Tell me through your first proper senior game and then your first goal. Because I've, first... <laughs> I've seen people keep their first goal and it's, I mean, obviously it's an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, um, so it would have been, it was round nine, um, 2017. Um, we played up at the Gabba um, in Brisbane against the Lions. This is before the Lions were, that, were the team they are now. Um, uh, would have been, I took a mark, Eddie Betts told me in the, the locker room before the game that he was going to get me my first goal. And then it would have been like late in the first quarter. He kicks it to me and I mark it on the siren. So I've got to kick after the siren at the end of the first quarter, about 30 out directly in front. Um, and somehow kicked it. Um, the boy, it got mobbed by the boys because it was at quarter time. Like it was, yeah, it was pretty surreal. Um, then I then kicked two in a row to start the second. And then by the beginning of the third quarter, I was cramping and that was me done for the day. I was in a shock of it. I had a decent first half and we won. But yeah, it was, it was yeah top two or three moments of my life and certainly sporting career for sure. It was hectic. 
You had a fair bit of time there. Um, you obviously became good mates with uh, Sam Jacobs, another guy that loves basketball. Um, you obviously still keep in touch with him now. He's just retired, obviously had a great career, but the people you meet playing sports, pretty special as well. Yeah, big source. He's crashing with us for the week, actually. So um, we were at Movie World yesterday, and now he's off. He's taking his little girl off to uh, Wet n Wild today, so he's ticking off all the theme parks, as you do on the Gold Coast. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny when you meet like how many footballers just love basketball. Like they love the NBA, they love the NBL. So Source was always front and center at all the 36ers games, um, as you know. So um, he loves it. Um, I'm sure he'll, he'll stay involved in footy in some capacity, but I'm sure he'll get back around the NBL as well. Um, but yeah, you just meet amazing people, as you know, through basketball. I've still got friendships from the Institute and college and, and whatnot. And then footy as well. It's you, basketball, you get 14, 15 blokes, whereas on a footy list, you're with 40, 50. So it's like yeah. you just build there's so many different characters, there's so many different cliques, so many different people that you meet. But um, as professional athletes, you all go through the same stuff and similar life experiences. So you get to know them on a pretty personal level and you, you build these bonds that last quite a while, which is pretty cool. Obviously, you left Adelaide uh, for, for whatever reason. That There's been in the media about the camp and the, everything that went on in Adelaide and the, yeah. all that stuff. I'm not sure how much of that you want to touch on if you just want to move straight past that. Obviously, oh, there was a lot of whatever in the media, the playing of the song and the blindfolds. And I can only imagine if you were a part of that, that would have been not a lot of fun to, to sit there on the bus and do all that. <laughs> but then you obviously go to, uh, to Gold Coast, which I think was an unbelievable move. Um, you guys seem to have built such a great culture there. And it's, that seems to be a bit of a focus. I've seen some videos on that stuff as well. But seems like the group's really gelling well. And obviously, had a great start to the season. Not a, not a so great ending, but... Seems like the group really gelled together and you obviously played a massive part in that. Yeah, it was tough. Like, as you, yeah, as you said, like I loved Adelaide and I loved Haggis. So, again, it was a, a tough decision leaving um, that group. But I guess with all the other things that sort of happened, um, that it was the right call and the right time. My heart told me to stay in Adelaide, but my head told me to, to take off and pursue bigger and better opportunities. And this one, um, I feel like there was nothing better to be a part of a young group, as you said, and help drive... Um, a new environment, a new culture, a new group. So um, it's been fun, man. And we've, I feel like we've I caught a bit of flack going there um, initially, going to you know, a team that had struggled for many years. Didn't, not many people tipped us to win games this year and finish. A lot of teams or a lot of people tipped us to finish last again. So um, I think for the first half of the year, we were talk of the town for a while. Everyone wanted to come and see us play, see our younger, well, see our young guys play, Rankin and Rowley and Anderson and all these guys. So... It's fun, man. And I think for years to come, we're starting to build something pretty special. We've signed up like 20 guys over the last two years. So we've got guys committed to the club, which um, if you don't follow footy, we've struggled to do. A lot of guys have left yeah. um, over the years. Um, so it's cool, man. It's been a good call. And obviously, as you said, we didn't finish the way that we wanted to. But um, I feel like we've exceeded some expectations and proved, proved to the rest of the competition that we're not just a pushover every week anymore. We're, we're going to challenge for points and win. So I'm excited to see what next year brings because we've got a pretty young and exciting group. Well, obviously, that's a sign of the culture, right? You got, Like you said, a lot of players want to get out of there as soon as possible. Big, big-time names like Lynch and whatever. But guys committing, coming to the club. You mentioned the young guys like Rao, who, if he doesn't get injured, who knows kind of what happens. Yeah. The memberships, I think you guys reach a you know all-time kind of record for the club with memberships as well. So yep. that is obviously a great sign of where the club is kind of heading. Um, I mm -hmm. don't know if Stewie Jew was he's a little issue or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, know, even I saw that. Get in trouble, but um, it just seems like the club 
is heading in the right direction and your your numbers and the way you're playing after what you, this is your fifth year, like coming from basketball is it's pretty special. Yeah, just the timing's perfect. Yeah, as you said, like everything sort of came together at the right time and young group, broke our membership record this year, got the guys signed up. Um, having footy come to Queensland has sort of promoted the game up here as well. So um, especially under the climate, like with the COVID stuff, it would have been easy for a lot of guys to pull memberships, not being able to go to games. But the members bought into our brand and our style and the way we play. And um, I know they're excited for the future as, as much as we are. And um, we're just thankful to be given an opportunity. Obviously, um, played a lot of um, reserves last year. Um, and you always, you always got that self-belief, of course. Um, so I felt like I still was could have contributed at AFL level with the Crows when... But then when that wasn't happening, the Gold Coast were like, we can give you that opportunity. Well, you can give you an opportunity, but it's up to you to make the most of it and um, yeah. take hold of it. So it's been, yeah, it's been two parts. It's been getting an opportunity and then making the most of it. So um, been fortunate enough to work with a pretty pretty strong midfield group. And um, as we mentioned a numerous, numerous times, a young group that are keen to get better and learn and, um, and play hard and tough footy. So it's fun, man. Who, who's, who's your team? I'm a hawk. I'm a oh, hawk, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm we didn't hawk. finish well, did we? we, didn't. we just had Is that a Tassie connection or just... No, I just always have. I've got like a 1999 team poster on like this chunky bit of wood up on my wall. <laughs> my, my room That's was so yellow. Good. I had bedding. The bin was yellow. Mum's now gone through and like painted the whole thing and I'm just devastated. I can't have done that because no one's in there. <laughs> That's but I've always yeah. been a hawk. I've always been a hawk. You and Joey, um, far out. That's fair enough. You and Joey, you're um, big hawks, man. <laughs> now, you like to have a lot of fun. You don't take life too serious. Um, if I mention two words, what comes to mind? Younger and quicker. <laughs> Mark Rusciuto. <laughs> I love it. Like, I think, obviously, you were having some fun. Obviously, yeah. he didn't think you were young enough and quick enough for his team. Yeah. Great move for you to move on. You obviously, had a great year, and that, that game against them must have been pretty cool. But to have fun on Twitter and, and do all that stuff, is this all part of the game as well? It is, yeah. It's in Australia. Um, there's that obviously, you know, the tall poppy. It's it's hard to you tread a fine line um, when you, especially when you express sort of individuality or um, like you know what I mean on social media or in in the in the media when you try and express yourself as an individual. You quick to get cut down. So um, just had a bit of bit of banter with Rue. Some people loved it, some people didn't, but um, it was all in good taste. And um, yeah, we've we've since made up. So things are alright. Things are good. <laughs> I also love your banter. Another fellow Tasmanian, Adam Adam Davy, who they run the AFL fantasy. <laughs> Roy, big fan, big basketball fan, big footy fan. Played against him, played with him back in the day. Unbelievable guy, but big supporters of ours. Um, yeah. But he you also love having. You also love having a joke on that. I think he loves him. I, I think he tweeted <laughs> something about. Um, yeah, you wanted to try like a little bit of rock, a little bit of Ford's. So yeah. your fantasy fantasy guys can keep you on board to have a bit more, a few more strings to your bow. Yeah, I was uh, oh, like, I love fantasy sports. Like I love NFL, love NBA. Um, so when I first came in, obviously there's a, well, a couple of years ago, I, I, I didn't follow it at the time, but you come in with like the minimum score. So everyone got me into their super coach team. So like everyone loved that. And then last year, then I came in with this forward status and like all my DMs, all my Twitters, all my stuff was just like, need you to get, this amount of tackles need you to get this score. I like, love having you in our team. Like my first year in Adelaide, I'd be like walking around the streets and they'd be like, "Mate, thanks for you made this much money for my 
or you put this much money into your super coach score. Like, thanks, mate. Like, I love it. So, and those, but he went out and got my badge and stuff for our membership drive. Like, he loved it. So, um, obviously, having that Tassie connection, he was one that got on me from the early days. So, I owe it to him. He's pumped me up for a while. So, I owe it to him. Those guys are awesome. I love it. Yeah, good. Um, now, we're going to, last thing we're going to talk about is the NBL. Obviously, big time ambassador you are of, of basketball, but Tassie in general and, how awesome it is to have the team going back to Tassie and what it'll mean for the young kids. I know coming through and probably the same as you, the pathway to play professional sports, it's pretty shitty for, for basketballers. Mm. Like being interstate now and around Melbourne, Gold Coast, Adelaide, young kids can come and train, be a part of an academy. There's that pathway to join a pro team. Now having a team back in Tassie is so important for, for young basketballers in Tasmania. Oh, it's massive and it's huge and it's been... There's been rumblings and murmurs for years. Um, so to be sitting here and be talking about a legitimate NBL team coming to Tasmania next year is like something that is, is crazy. And as you know, like Tasmanians love their basketball. They love their sport. They love their basketball. And obviously growing up, like I had goals of playing for the Chargers on the Hobart Chargers, which isn't a knock on the Chargers, but like that was, that's all we had in Hobart. And now kids from Lonnie, from Hobart, from um, Northwest can be like, right, I can go up and play NBL because we know the standard of the NBL now and the players and the competition and the, and the the world stage that it's on, the national stage that it's on, like it's it's legit. And so for Tasmanians to have an NBL team to aspire to and to be able to train against NBL talent as well from a junior age um, is exciting, man. Like, And we've, we've mentioned the Tasmanians that have come through, obviously small population, but the players that we've been able to produce um, over the years, like I feel like we deserve it. So... I can't wait to be involved, hopefully in some capacity. Um, so um, I'll do all I can to continue to drive it and pump it up um, until the team finally comes in. So that's cool, man. I hope, I'm sure you'll be involved in, in many ways as well. Is there potential for a, a comeback to Bart? Like, who knows what's going to happen footy-wise? Like, is there, do, you still, do you still train in any way involved with basketball? I'm sure you guys go and shoot around at times in your off days or whatever. You've probably got a hoop at your facility, but... You know, potential down the track, who knows, in a couple of years to, to switch back and, and play back in your home state. I'd love to. I'd love to. But the standards, it's, it's no joke. Like, I don't know if I can just go from not playing for a amount of years to go and playing at an NBA level. So I'd have to put a fair bit of time in. It's not like I've been sitting on the couch and sipping beers for the last five years. Like I'm probably the fittest I've been. And granted, it's a different fitness, but... Um, I'll start to get the ball in the hands a little bit more than I have been and um, hopefully uh, might sneak up to Brisbane in the off-season and see where I can join in um, with those guys. Um, trying to put that into motion um, just to stay involved because um, my, my dream post-footy is to get back into basketball in some capacity, um, whether that was playing or, or coaching. So this hopefully will be a pathway for me and, and things will go from there. But I'm certainly not ruling it out, Gibber. I'm certainly not uh, ruling it out. I love that. Tazzy will love that as well. So the NBL, <laughs> you've done, you did some commentating when you're in Adelaide. Like how, how was that? How did you find commentating and doing that sideline um, kind of reporter role? It was fun, man. It was just a, it was just a way to get involved. I, was, I went cold turkey when I went to footy. Um, I'd obviously had a fallen out with the game and um, with basketball. So I felt like it was time to get back involved. And the NBL was was taken off and, and doing some really exciting things. So I'd be able to jump in at that time and, and be around it again. Sort of, um, yeah, it was, it got me uh, 
back in the game and um, sort of got that itch back for sure. So that was cool, man. And um, being in Adelaide, the 36s were pretty good at the time. So um, it was it was good, a good environment at Titania. Obviously, they've moved now, but um, it was good to catch up. We got like guys I hadn't seen for years and years. Um, yeah. It was, was cool too. So um, we'll see if we get involved in the game up, up in Brisbane. But um, yeah, it's, it was. I just feel like, again, I timed it right. The NBL was taken off and the boys, all the guys my age were sort of coming through. And, and starting to really um, dominate at that level. So it was, it was fun to watch. Now, you can't have a Tassie team without a Tassie name. Now, we've got three yeah. left. I yeah, your, I know. I want your choice. <laughs> now, it's either Tassie Pride, the Jack Jumpers, or the Tridents. Yeah, I'm not a Jack Jumpers, I don't think. I don't I'm think Jack a, Jumpers either. So I think it's either the Pride or the Tritons. Now, I the like... mascot for the Tritons could be cool. Like, yeah. kind of look like yourself with some long hair. <laughs> yeah, just decent yeah, physique. Just, maybe that'll be my role. Or maybe I'll just go down there and be the mascot. <laughs> I might not get a gig, but I'll be a mascot. I don't mind. I've seen the, like, I've seen the tridents with the each stake or whatever that would be called, each yeah. um, thing representing the region of Tasmania. I thought that was pretty, that was pretty clever. Um, obviously, Tasmanians, when you speak, Tasmanians are obviously a proud bunch. So, like, the pride's cool. But I think if I had to vote, I'd probably go tridents. I went, when I... Um, when I put my nomination in, I went Islanders because that was the, the Islanders. Mum, when she won the national championship for the Hobart Islanders back in the nineties, that's that was their team. So my vote was Islanders. Didn't make it that far, but if I had to pick one now to be uh, the Trident, I reckon. Are you, what about it. you? Are you allowed, or are you on the fence? Yeah, no, I Can kind you... of, I'm kind of going the same way. I think that makes yeah. sense. The three prong thing for each part of the state. Prongs, that's what it was. Yeah. Hopefully that'll bring all the state together and they can gel and and whatever. Yeah. Last two questions. I normally ask, you have to pick one of these. Now, I don't have a long list for you. I'm going to start off easy, but the last one's going to be a hoot. So, right. I, know you play, I know you play some online gaming. So, yeah. you pick Halo or Call of Duty? Halo, for sure. That was our, that was AOS. That was all we did for years. Cricky told, me, Cricky told me that. Now, I know you've met MJ, so mm. I'm hoping you say him, but MJ or LeBron? I've met Alex Caruso too, so I don't know, Caruso or MJ. Uh, I'm uh, MJ at this stage, but LeBron's the, uh, well, bless you, bud. Sorry, this little man. Hey, sneezing over there. Um, MJ. Now, last one. If you're stuck on an island, you can only take one of these people with you. It's either Trev Gleason or Mark Rashida. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jason Medea or Mitch Craig, but ruin Trev. Oh, man. Trev's one that I'm trying to patch up to. Um, <laughs> that's a great one. Oh, maybe I—I oh, I don't know. I don't think I can win either way. Nah, they're all right. Probably, probably Roo. Probably Roo. I think keeping keeping the industry. Trez a great yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a ripper. Mate, I really appreciate you taking time out. Um, unbelievable, um, unbelievable first season with the Suns. Uh, great five years so far in footy. I hope you have another ten. Um. Awesome you're involved, and I'm sure the NBL will get you involved with the new Tassie team. Hopefully it's the Tritons, but we'll wait and see who that are. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> mate, appreciate it. Um, like I said, great season. All the best with uh, with what's next, mate, to you and your family. And, um, yeah, we'll see you once the NBL starts back up, hopefully commentating sideline in, uh, in Brisbane. Yeah, thanks, mate. And as a, obviously, as a Tasmanian, it's been fun to follow you. And um, hopefully you can stick around for a little while longer and putting up with Creaky. You might put a, take a couple of years off, but we'll see how we go. But uh, it's been fun following you for years, man. So. Um, we'll be watching closely again. So hopefully you'll be sticking around when we both end up in the Tassie team in a couple of years. There we go. I love it. You're the man, you're the best. See you, mate. Thanks, Gibo. Cheers, mate.